everyone. So, to heal, you have to have access, right? And to be free, you have to live without fear. I mean, and I'm talking about paralysis fear, the kind of fear that is a massive threat to a powerless child. And to have access and to reduce the fear, you have to be um, guided in to a truth, to the truth that you had growing up. So, um, so here you go. You have so if there's trauma. Um, there might be blacking out and fragmentation. Um, you might then, because of that, terror, uh, then be blocked. Uh, and then there's fear. There's an early terror, which is fear. And because of that fear, then feelings are blocked. And memories might be blocked. So these are the three things, right? No access if you've blacked out. Pure terror, which is paralysis. And then the inability to, to go in uh, because, you know, you need to be guided in if there's pure terror. So this is, this is what needs to be addressed. The blockage, the fear, the fragmentation, the paralysis. If you even think, you know, if, if, you're, if you're ready to um, open up that vault. Um, so I had no access to any of this. I had no access to about the first five, six years. I was kind of in and out of, you know, being here because <clears throat> what had happened was so overwhelmingly horrific and terrifying. And at some point, things got a little bit better or something must have happened that I suddenly came online. I mean, it was a very um, light frequency, but I was here. And I started to be able to sort of manage <coughs> being here and, you know, integrating these to people, my parents, into my life in a way that made sense to me. I was still, though, at the mercy of you know, tyranny and anger and all that stuff and judgment. But it was, it was, um, there was enough frequency for me to be here, let's put it that way. And I think that's what happens with, with trauma, um, that you can, the terror, I mean, yeah, the paralysis, the blockage of feelings, etc., threat of death. It's a whole kind of Molotov cocktail that you're basically taken from life. There's no being here. You're just under threat the whole time. And then you build a persona that's a defense mechanism 
to mitigate the threat. And then you just repeat that over and over and over and then you die. Or you die from, you know, what other other causes that are part of the kind of self-destructive mechanism that you've built. So it's almost like there's a whole landscape, a toxic landscape that needs to be, you have to rifle through, you have to go in and clean up. Now, if it happens to be parents that did the damage, you see, that's really difficult. That's very difficult because you, um, you know, you're terrified of seeing what they did. You're terrified of um, tearing them down. And it's just the whole notion of, because you were built in relation to them, so if they turn out to be kind of the monsters, then there's neither them nor you, right? It cancels you both out. And there's a sort of, it's disastrous. It's, it's, a, it's, it's over then, in a way. Everyone dies because you were built as an extension of them. So that terror is substantial in so, so much that you're not going to do it. And you'd rather live in kind of these big places of self-destruction and, and pretend and not have your power and you know, just chase your tail. And keep thinking, if I read this next health, self-help book, I'll be okay. Well, there must be an answer. It's always out there. The ultimate thing is you have to go in, right? So, one of the things about plant medicines, one of the, my own learnings is, okay, I could never have gone in without the plant medicines. Why? Because the plant medicines created a loving platform, a family, parents almost. So that I would go in and see what happened surrounded by this incredible love. There's no way I could have gone in there alone. No way. Because I was a direct correlation and manifestation of what was built in relationship to these people. So really, to see them would mean to see me, and it would all be over. Your ego's over, they're over. So it's a whole, that's why it's so difficult to get at this shit, to get at that. Because if there's damage done by them, then you are a direct extension of them. So you have to topple them, you need to topple you. Right? So, <clears throat> In the same way that meditation gave me a viewing, so it's almost like you have to, there is help from outside, right? You have to create these different viewing, plat these platforms. In meditation, by the sitting, it's almost you grow a viewing platform. So before there's just the wound, the terror of the wound, and then there's the person that's built to hide the wound that's just a defense mechanism, and that's all tightly bound together. One is just in a default mode. It's always just, I'm going to cover this up. I'm just going to be this person. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, right? The meditation gives you, sp it's all kind of tightly wound up. There's no space. It's almost like it's, it's functioning in this very kind of frenzied way. You don't have, there's just no space there. Meditation, you actually begin to build space around the frenzy. 
And the, so the frenzy then begins to lose its momentum. And I'm talking about the frenzy is the thing that you've built to cover the wound, the person. So that begins, and it's all built out of pure terror, right? And so that begins to dis dissolve a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then for me, it became, it dissolved to the point where it just said, listen, you know, <clears throat> I'm only, I, I'm gone, but actually behind me is something that you need to go face, right? And <clears throat> the ayahuasca was like, okay, you're here. Um, now we're going to start showing you, you know, what you haven't faced and why you're paralyzed. And we're going to give you the whole story. Which again, when you're in pure terror as a child, you, you don't have access to story. You're just in panic. You're just in, I'm survived. You know, you've got no power. You're vulnerable. And so <clears throat> the ayahuasca, um, as you as you begin to trust it and, you know, more and more, it, it becomes the parent that guides you in. And so that's why you're not going to get all the information immediately. You're not going to see the whole landscape. It's going to... You're going to keep building this new relationship. It is like building a relationship. You're building this new relationship with this consciousness that becomes your guide or your parents or the, this cosmic help <coughs> that allows you to not be fearful about seeing what you've got to see. I mean, of course, you also have to have courage and the desire and the commitment to do this work because it's not going to be shown to you in an instant, right? Because it's too big. So piece by piece, you will be given the information that will help you release the blockages. And the only way, so that means that you have to then kind of enter into this other dimension <clears throat> that you get more and more familiar with. I mean, at first it's completely new, you're in this other dimension. But again, it's just another dimension, it's no biggie. It's like, it's not Costco, it's Walmart. It's, a, it's no, you know, <clears throat> as you do it more and more. And it has uh, healing properties and stuff that goes on there that, what it does is it reduces the fear because you have this connection to something bigger that then allows you to go in and face the truth right? in relationship. And it, as you surrender, it gives you information. It delivers, you know, daily. And it might come in all sorts of ways where you might be transforming into animals or, you know, you can be in a horse suddenly in your living room and, you know, whatever. It, so you have to accept what the rules and of that, you know, uh, 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 of that dimension is. So it's not the same as it is here, right? It's a whole different set of, you know, healing rules that belong to that dimension. <clears throat> and whilst in meditation you get this kind of viewing platform and the space around you know, this defense mechanism, this person you've built that's fraught and terrified and, you know, in self-doubt and anxious, etc. <clears throat> it slows, meditation slows that thing down, gives it space and allows it to dissolve. That's dissolving the ego that you built. 
when you go into ayahuasca, now you're going to be stepping into the actual landscape of the wound. So I had no memories between zero and seven when I started to come back online because the terror, the paralysis was kind of lessened for some reason. I don't know why. Perhaps you know, he was doing well. They were making more money. I don't know. So, but that blackout, that kind of in and out of consciousness, I had no access to. And so the ayahuasca is saying, okay, for you to heal, you need to become whole, which means you have to then own that. You need to understand that and take it back. Because, you know, if you don't know what happened, you don't know where, you know, all of you is showing up from, where the source of you is, um, then, you know, you're just, on, you're just in a, a default position, right? You're just in panic, whatever, fear, etc. And, and also, so one of the things of paralysis, of, of terror early on, is that you lose all autonomy, right? So you don't trust yourself, you don't trust your creativity, you don't trust anything within you, because it's all been taken by fear, it's all been shut down. And the fear is coming from the people around you, right? So <clears throat> the paralysis is not just that you're frozen and you can't move, you don't, you know, that you build this person that's, you know, assembled together quickly and is like an airbag and is a falsehood and it's just doing what they want, right? So if you're a three-year-old, you know, and you're with this really huge angry father, well, I'm just going to try and make him happy and so be obedient so he doesn't kill me, right? Or does, does whatever, right? So it's just a, it's a normal thing, like if you're in a battlefield and you're standing in front of a tank, right? You know, what are you going to do, right? Or if somebody has a gun to your head, what are you going to do? You're going to say, yes, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Same thing. Difference being is that as a child, it's even more terrifying because you, you don't know what's going on, right? So, but you're doing everything out of pure terror. It's not out of desire, it's out of terror. And if there's terror, they usually black out, there's fragmentation. So for me, the ayahuasca, so having had the meditation and a big sort of kundalini awakening, it basically uh, helped to dissolve a large chunk of that ego. So much so that you know, I, I was told basically, you've got to deal with this bigger thing, which is this monster. You've got to go back to your house in England and you've got to face this thing, right? And then the ayahuasca was like, okay, now, now that your ego has been, you know, dissolved quite a bit, I'm sure there was also more to come because there's more hidden, but it dissolved enough that it's going to be easy for me to kind of penetrate that barrier, right? Because some egos, are, if I, I, don't, I couldn't have done ayahuasca, I don't think, at the beginning because my ego... Or I might have done, but I don't know. My ego was so powerful and so compact and so, you know, if I hadn't meditated and softened it, I think it would have been a much more bigger play, more difficult. I wouldn't have allowed the ayahuasca. By the time I went to ayahuasca, I was in a big state of dissolution. So it was 
easier for her to just to come in. Right? A lot of people had you know, big issues with the ayahuasca when they first meet her, if you haven't had a sort of dissolution. I had a friend who just screamed and yelled at the, AO, at the ayahuasca, like, why didn't you help me? Why didn't, you know? So, however you get there, and again, it's, you know, it's a calling, and if you, you know, it's just, it, it, you'll get there if you need to get there or not, whatever. So, but the time I went to her, I got to her, she's like, okay, now we're gonna slowly go in here. And I'm gonna, you know, unearth, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna dig together into this, I'm gonna show you the truth of what happened, of these people, because in fear, you're gonna sort of, not only you could become an airbag, which sort of a blow up defense mechanisms that lives in relationship to them, but by blowing yourself up, you also blow them up, you idolize them, so they, you know, so you're all, strengthened and energized by everyone's kind of dysfunctional, delusional version of each other, all of whom are sort of carrying this wound. But in order to, to sort of avoid the wound and survive, you're all delusional about who you are. They were delusional. I was delusional about our role in the world and just who we were. And it was all just a shit show of delusion, all avoiding the truth of what actually had happened. So the delusion was, you know, we're all these amazing people and we're all smart and blah, 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 and look at us. The truth was, you know, here was a man that had, was an animal on the savannah, had chosen my mother in order to get to her family. There's no love, right? He used her to get to them, married her, left her with two kids, buggered off to England, left, you know, her alone. She then came to England and they had nothing, you know, and he was very angry that she had suddenly decided to show up because it was a con job, and she was depressed because, oh shit, this was not the person I expected. They had no money, and so therefore, he's like, I'm gonna use your daughter, you know, I'm gonna use my daughter to sell her, you know, sexually to, so I can start my business. That's the truth, right? But, and that's the kind of the ugly, revolting, vile truth that there was just, this guy was just a, a con man and a loser, and she was a, a child that was completely irresponsible and had no character, etc. Right, so, that, and I had no idea of what the truth was, because when I actually came online, you know, I was in that, you know, delusional, I'm an airbag, delusional, and then, you know, I have to idolize them, delusion, to make all of this work. We have to pretend that we're not, that, no, that you know, that none of this happened. Or, or pretending that none of this happened. So that means that you're still in paralysis, right? You're in terror, you're in fear, because it's like, you know, the horror is just, it's there, it's just been hidden and they're pretending it didn't happen either. So, <clears throat> whatever your trauma is, you need to understand it. I didn't realize this about this, but you need, the whole thing about healing is becoming whole. So you can't be severed from yourself, and if there's survival and there's terror involved, you know, you sever, you fragment. And 
every part of it requires um, almost like an energetic um, interference, right? There's an energetic intervention. I suppose that's the way of saying energetic intervention. Um, and I, I, you know, for me, it's not by another ape, so to speak, another one of me. It's it's really about these other forces which are much more powerful energetically than we are. And meditation is a massive power because it builds space around you. It allows for seeing of the truth of who you are. It's almost like you grow a separate muscle of viewing that's neutral, that just sees it, that just sees that how your brain is bombarding. And then if it, you become very clinical, you can bring it back to its original force. And then ayahuasca, so if that's dissolved, if the ego, basically if the, the, you know, the sentry at the front of the fortress is removed, and I talked about it like being drugged, like the ayahuasca drugs, you know, all the sentries at the, in, on the turret and all the lookout men around the fortress. And I think in meditation, it just, they dissolve. By the time you get to ayahuasca, ayahuasca is going to go, okay, now the second layer of, you know, sentries, uh, men, or the dungeon keepers, you know, because there might be another layer behind that, right? I'm going to just carpet bomb them, torpedo them, because now the first layer is gone. The first layer of defenses has been removed. Then there's a second layer, which I'm just going to carpet bomb. Because, again, these forces are very powerful. They do not want to see what's going on. And then, you know, she becomes, and I say it's a she because it's a she for me, becomes a guide that becomes kind of the parent that was not there. The consciousness, the love, the cosmic connection that guides you in, that gives you the protection and the safety to really put the whole thing together and to see the truth of it, which in my case was extraordinarily ugly and horrific. And so I'm able to collapse the whole thing because I have this incredible, you know, connection to this cosmic divine thing, magnificent, which we all are part of. It's, this is no, you know, individual, everybody has that. And so the only way I can tear it down is because, you know, I have kind of new parents, so to speak, and I'm able to see the truth of what happened and, you know, to see that there were no parents there and just the horror of it all. And then, then I can integrate that wound. I can integrate, I can bring my children back, I can rescue them, I can wake them up, right? There's an integration. You have to see the whole puzzle. And if, you know, and then you can be really honest. In fact, nothing happened between zero and 60, right? Nothing truly happened. I was pure, I was simply a prisoner of absolute terror. I may appear to be doing things, but I never was. And until I truly understood the whole picture, um, I wouldn't be free, right? Because this darkness had owned me, had owned 
a big chunk of me. And I was actually being navigated by the inability to see in the blackout. And that, that terror that lay in all of that was the thing that actually was my paralysis. When I face the terror and the blockages and the emotions, etc., then, you know, it's like you op begin to open up like a flower. It's like, you know, you, you're no longer shrunk. You know, when you're in the position of defense, you're kind of like in an, you know, in this kind of um, fetal position. Now suddenly you can begin to open up. The world isn't going to fall apart. You're not going to die because, you know, they give you the wrong change at Zabar's or something, right? It's literally like being in a trench. It's like you're, again, it's like, the, you know, you're in Vietnam still. You're carrying around a gun and you think you're under threat. How can you be free? How can you grow? How can you live? How can you be creative? How can you do anything? There's nothing to do if you're living in terror. You can't think. You're, you're just focused on, you know, getting hurt. And if these things are huge, then you're frozen in that place. No matter how you grow and what you do, you're still frozen by that. So there's no freedom. There's no autonomy. It takes everything from you. So... Um, I don't know what enlightenment means and all this woo-woo and stuff and mumbo-jumbo. I have no idea. What, it, what I do know is that to, you, know, you have to be whole. If there's injury to your energetic field, if there's injury, there's trauma, it's affecting your energetic field. If there's trauma, there's fear. If there's trauma, there's blockage. If there's trauma, there's paralysis. And it's frozen in that time. And that time, that frozen time, is just replicating itself over and over and over with different people in different situations. But essentially, you kind of keep rebuilding the prison. You keep rebuilding the code, right? The code is just, it just basically, you know, formulates itself by itself. It's evolutionary. I can't die. These are the five strategies. But I, you know, you're stuck in that four or five-year-old's brain. The terror is to that four and five-year-old. And these disciplines of meditation are the things that begin to allow dissolution. If there's a wound, there's an equal and opposite and response, which is an ego or defense mechanism that covers that wound so it allows for you to survive. Right? You have two things. You have the wound itself, the thing that you built in relationship to the wound to survive. The meditation allows the thing that was built to be dissolved because it builds space around it. It builds kind of, yeah, space around it. Air, it gives it air, it begins that, so it's not all tightly wound, right? It can begin to dissolve a little bit. You have a viewing platform that you begin to see it from. And then the ayahuasca, once that's dissolved, the ayahuasca comes in and says, okay, <clears throat> we've got the first, you know, layers of defense down, the, the, you know, the first cavalry down. Now I'm going to come in and drug the other cavalry that's in, you know, sitting, because you have another layer of defense, right? Depends how, you know, thick that wall is. Now I'm going to drug them, and now I'm going to come in, or whatever, carpet bomb, whatever. So that other layer of defense, that, then she comes in, and there might be more layers of defense mechanisms inside. There were a few that I didn't re realize that were there. 
ones that laughed at her. There were still defense mechanisms that were like still trying to keep the original tableau in place. And so that took a lot of time to just, because all you're doing is defending the people that hurt you. That's all this is, all these mechanisms of the defense of the original people. And so, you know, I think one outstanding defense mechanism was to laugh at the ayahuasca. I had something inside of me that just laughed, that made fun, that just berated her, which is what they did to me, berated me. That was where they had power. You know, if somebody ridicules you when you're five or you're six, then you're, there's something wrong with you, right? So I had that mechanism within me, and that also had to be torn down. And I got some very, very powerful lessons from, a, you know, the ayahuasca that was like, you know, don't ever fuck with me kind of thing. And, and so as, as she keeps, you know, getting deeper and deeper into this wound, um, because, you, do, you know, the fact is you do not want to, the child doesn't really want to see these people as who they really are. It's terrifying. If you're a four-year-old and you realize, oh, my God, I'm with a monster or evil, oh, my God, it's over. I, I can't do anything. I can't create a situation here that works, right? So as opposed to facing the, the reality, we black it out, reinvent it, etc. So she will go into that, into that place, and then she'll get you even deeper, right? But each, all the while, she's shoring you up with love because the deeper you get the more darkness you're going to see the more you're going to need her protection and her guidance and her love it gets really tricky and terrifying when you get to see the really dark bits so she knows that so she's going to guide you in and and what she's doing all the time is softening the fear so the fear is being reduced which means that you're getting your power back you're getting your autonomy back because as long as you're not seeing any of this and you're pretending it didn't happen or blocking it out, they own you. The thing that, you know, their legitimacy is paramount. You're still legitimizing all the horror they did to you. You're, you're constantly, you're giving them power over you. So as you go in, what, you're, what she's doing with your terror is she is delegitimizing them and she's giving you back your power because the child has got to legitimize them he's got to authorize them because otherwise it'll die there's no one else but them you know if, yeah that's just this 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 so that's what happens so so she'll get deeper and deeper into the truth. That's why she's not going to give you the truth straight away. You can't take it. It's too much. And so she's literally dismantling them and your connection to them as you begin to see the truth and then shoring you up with the love that she's giving you. So you can do the work of dismantling them as you feel this incredible love from her and this cosmic connection it's insane and then there's a beginning to trust and there's an autonomy and a deep reverence for the ayahuasca and for this cosmic connection and at the same time an autonomy and a, 
an ability now to begin to trust your own instinctive person, which is what was stolen if you're in terror. You don't trust yourself. You don't have any access to your creativity. You don't really have access to anything. Everything is just uh, a way to, to, to get out of being in prison, right? So, um, it's just, it's like, it's, it's a healing. It's like if you go to, a, if you cut yourself, you go to a hospital, you, this is the way that things are healed, right? They give you something. This is a different form of healing. You know, I don't know about past lives, enlightenment, and woo-woo, and robes, and whatever, all of that stuff. This is just quite simple and practical. It's like something happened, you had no power, you were terrified, and you got frozen there because it was so terrifying. And consequently, you, you know, branched off from it like a continent. You cut yourself off from it so you could survive and built this person that was covered it. That's all. If you have no access, you can't fix it. All right, and so what she does is she weaves you back together and she integrates you by plowing through those walls and those defense mechanisms, which are, again, if you look at a battalion of soldiers, they're just coming at you. There's one after the next, you know, it's like a hydra head. You know, in meditation, I dissolved enough so that I could understand that there was something wrong and that took 13 years of you know dissolving that defense mechanism and then you know I was able to get past the first layer of defense mechanisms to see okay there's something in the attic that needs to be fixed it's this growling monster but then the AOS came in and then again went past the next layer of defense mechanisms right there were always there more behind the defense mechanism is very powerful. There'll be one battalion, then there'll be another battalion to not let you in. Until, you know, there were even there were a few, you know, rogue defense mechanisms within me that were I had never idea. I was just like laughed at her and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Right? So you have layers of defense mechanisms. Because you have to survive. And what she's doing is she's tearing down each one. And again, there might be a few rogue ones. I say she drugs them because I think that's such a lovely idea that she just comes in and she just... And that's the thing about ayahuasca. When you go in, your ego gets flattened. There's no defense mechanism. That's the only way to heal with her is to tear down the defense mechanisms. And again, there might be layers behind. So I went first time to ayahuasca. <coughs> you know, she tore down one set then I came back and there was more and more work done here the more I saw the more defense mechanisms weakened right so the defense defense mechanism can only work when you don't know what's behind them and she will tear down one set and show you more information then tear down another set and then there's more information and I didn't get there was a defense mechanism that was very powerful very early on because I had no access to the fact that I was taken out to be sexually abused. That, I had to go back down to Peru and have more, you know, what, defense mechanisms were removed and then, boom, more was shown to me. All right. And I came back and there was this, def these are defense mechanisms that are set up so that you don't see. Until it became a whole physical entity that was inside of me that was just like, it, it 
you know, it's just like, it's, just, it's an actual energetic thing, this defense mechanism. It does not want to let you see. And also, it doesn't want you outside the fear zone. So in other words, if you're in fear, you're constantly just defaulting into panic. Like, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to, if I don't do this, I'm going to die. Your brain is just like constantly, right? So as that defense mechanisms begin to be torn down, so life kind of rushes in and the panic begins to slow down. Like you're not like, oh my God, you know, because you're beginning to trust, you're beginning to be present, you're beginning to be here. It's okay to be here. The threat is being dissolved because now you understand what the threat was and how it worked. And you're, getting you're basically being integrated. You're basically being returned back to life being taken out of that prison and you see that you're bigger than what happened you're bigger than these awful people and the horror that they did to you you're bigger than that that's what you get when you you kind of connected and reconnected to this kind of cosmic divinity or this I don't know what to call it other than that it sounds all woo-woo but it's everybody has access to it it's just you're severed from it when there's this horror that happens so it, it's removing your defense mechanisms, it's giving you autonomy, it's your ability to see actually what happened. If you, I was blacked out, so I didn't know. I was kind of in and out of consciousness early on because of the terror. And that was my defense mechanism, just to disappear. And then it kind of weaves you back together by giving you this enormous connection to love that gives you the ability to be free again, that gives you the ability to trust yourself again, to really begin to listen to your intuition, to be at peace with who you are and not to be under threat. If you've been traumatized, you're under threat the whole time. And, you know, if you've grown up with, you know, kind of lies and delusion, you know, like I grew up with, oh, you know, was this kind of romantic notion of being immigrants in London and, you know, look what we did. And it was just all this fluff around the horror of what the truth was. So you can get rid of all that, you know, because you can't question yourself when the people around you who grew up with are going, oh, you know, built this story which is completely out to lunch. It's all pretending that shit didn't happen. So you're getting out of this huge bubble of lies and spells and shit, right? So, each thing is a removal of a defense mechanism that's hiding the truth. And the deeper you get, the more you need to be, certainly for me, I had to be guided in by this great medicine. Not by another ape, not by another one of me, but by this great plant medicine, because it was so terrifying to go in there and see the truth. And I, you know, I trusted her implicitly. It took a while. Defense mechanisms are scary, right? They don't trust anything. They have to know. They know the truth. They know everything. They're, they're delusional about what they... They have to be because they have to survive. Until there's a huge trusting again of yourself. And you can only really trust once you've truly seen what happened. 
the truth. And that, you know, there were no parents. And that doesn't matter anymore because, you know, you have this connection to this cosmic divinity. There can no longer be this massive threat. I mean, you have to get rid of all defense mechanisms. I don't know if I'm there yet, but, you know, pretty much yeah, most of them, are, they've been, you know, slammed down. And as you trust yourself more and more, so you're trusting yourself, you're trusting your intuition, you're trusting your strength, you're taking away all the power you've hemorrhaged into the world and onto things that really give you no power, and you're being, it's being all pulled back into yourself. So you're no longer sort of being seduced by the world and hiding in the world and in that hemorrhaged kind of a powerless way. Now it's kind of like, it's like meditation, you're rebuilding all your power. You're rebuilding your intuition. You can hear yourself. You can hear the power of who you are. You can hear the truth of who you are. You can listen to your heart. Right? All the things that tell you that were all kind of hidden and shut down begin to work again. You begin to come back <clears throat> into this dimension with all yourself back. Like all the engines are switched back on. Remember, if you're, it's like being out at sea without any engines if you're traumatized. You're just floating and you're at the mercy of the water. You're just shut down. As you come back on, you, there's trusting again, right? But not, it's not trusting the world, it's trusting yourself. It's trusting what lives within you, that ha you, you it's like your compass has is, is, is been repaired. You know, oh, it's this, this is what I feel about this, this is what I think I want to do, this is what means something, this is where my power is, right? I mean, I, you know, enlightenment, all this stuff, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's a lovely ego thing, oh yes, I'm going to go. But it's just, this stuff is really difficult, you have to you know, you're basically tearing down massive mechanisms of defense, of defense systems because you're vulnerable, right? If you're vulnerable and you're scared, what are you going to do? You're going to build walls, lots and lots and lots of walls because otherwise you're going to die, you're going to get hurt. So it's tearing down all these walls, one after the other after the other because you're hiding somewhere. There you are. Behind all of these thousand walls, you're, you're there. You, you can actually come out now. It's okay. Your divinity is intact. Right? Your truth is intact. You can come out now. You know the truth. Nothing can hurt you. You can begin to sort of, you know, you can be here now. Be here now. Isn't that something what his name said? Right? It's all just the tearing down of a massive amounts of defense mechanisms. And the only way the defense mechanisms can be torn down is if there's love from this magnificent cosmic thing. It's just incredible love. That's the only way you're giving up your defense mechanisms, is if you find parents that really care. Because if you don't have your parents, like, who is there? No one. I mean, it's, you know. Right, so the universe becomes your parents and they, they shore you up with love. That means you can afford to let the defense mechanisms go and you can afford to see the truth and the truth isn't going to kill you because there's something oh so much greater that's here for you. 
and that is the universe. And so, you know, the world becomes a huge landscape of potential again. You're not in this little cell block in solitary, you know, chasing, you know, castles in the air, which you're never going to manifest because you're in prison. Defense mechanisms are the vault. Defense mechanisms are our savior. They help us respond in moments of terror when we're powerless, but they then become the vault. They become, you know, the crypt. We never leave them until we die. And then we're dead anyway because we never got out. We never were in life because the defense mechanisms are the things that stopped us from living. So, you know, woo-woo, wah-wah, enlightenment, all that stuff, I have no idea. I don't know what any of that means. They're great, you know, I hate kind of stuff that's just abstract. This is not, this stuff is not abstract. It's a wound. If there's a wound, you need to go to, you know, you need to get it fixed. You know, in this dimension, when it's a trauma and psychological wounds, you know, tons of defense mechanisms are built. Um, I can't have access, I certainly had no access to them in this dimension. I had to, you know, the, I had to dissolve them in meditation and ayahuasca. Um, meditation because it built space around it, ayahuasca because the cosmic connection to love, to something bigger, and to something that's a mystery, I don't know, can't explain it, don't know what it is at all. Just I know that it's an incredible healer because it allows you to see the truth of what happened. That's so terrifying. And, you know, I can have access to it any time of the day. <laughs> and it's un unconditional. It comes, I don't pay it, I don't, you know, it just comes whenever I need to sit. And it has given me so much information and it pulled everything back together. Yeah, my, you know, gratitude is infinite and forever. And, you know, at the end, you need to become whole. And wholeness does not require defense mechanisms. Right? So you can heal. It's simple. It's, it's just about, you know, it's like going to a hospital. If you have a cut, you have to heal it. If you, you know, medicine, medications are not interested in healing. They're just temporary. They're, they're temporary things. They're just, you know... They never get you in. They never take you into the space. You never get into the energetic place. Therapy, you know, it's like a, it's a Honda. It'll get you halfway, but it's not a spaceship. You need a spaceship to get the shit fixed. Because it's happening on, you know, in time and space that, you know, you don't have access to here. I certainly didn't. So there is hope and there is healing. It's just um, a question of, venturing into a different dimension to get that to make that happen bye <laughs>